So somebody on Tumblr asked me to do a podcast about physical transitioning or medical transitioning. Um, and I thought it was a pretty good idea. And I do take some requests if, you know, I have a place to talk about them. And uh, I think it's pretty important. So medical transitioning is when you take hormones, uh, estrogen or testosterone, um, and possibly have surgeries to align your physical sex characteristics with your mental sex, I guess, your brain sex. And it's pretty drastic the way it changes your body. So, first, some basic terms, I guess. Testosterone is the male hormone. It makes your body look male. I'll go more into that in a minute. Estrogen is the female hormone. Top surgery can apply to trans males or trans females, meaning, and it can be to have your chest removed to resemble a male's. Or, I mean, to be a male's chest and be flat. Or it can mean to have implants, to have breasts. Bottom surgery is the same, but with your genitalia. Um, I am not a doctor. I don't hold a medical degree, On obviously. I'm 17. Um, but I do know... A lot about male transitioning because that's what I've been planning to do for a long time. I don't know as much about female transitioning. I know a little bit. Um, but obviously I'm not a trans female, so I can't talk as much on the subject. Um, so let's get into it. Testosterone. What does it do to your body? Well, one of the most noticeable changes is obviously your voice. This is my voice pre-testosterone. I have heard people's go down more than one octave. I know people who, they, they can't sing the same way anymore because they didn't train their voice well enough while they were going through second puberty. And, um, another change would obviously be hair. So it doesn't just come on your face. I mean, of course, some people are going to have less hair and less get less facial hair easy, you know. It's all about genetics, but overall, testosterone makes you hairy. Even in my family, my Native American hairless family, we, we my brothers are hairy. Um, cause guys are just generally more hairy. So, what I've heard, I'm not on testosterone, what I've heard from my friends is that it starts on your legs. A lot of the time it gets a lot thicker and darker on your legs first, including your thighs. Um, where most females don't get a whole lot of really dark hair, it starts getting really dark there. It comes on your arms, your stomach and chest get hairy. Uh, a lot of people, even their back gets really hairy if they're genetically predisposed to that. Um, and a lot of the body hair, and I've heard people say, yes, 
you get hair in your ass. Yeah, you get ass hair. Anyway, um, the body hair generally comes before the facial hair. And depending on your genetics, you may never get much facial hair at all. Or you may get a full-ass beard. Or somewhere in between. But because testosterone is the male hormone, it can also trigger male pattern baldness. Meaning, if you're not, if your family, usually on your mother's side, I believe, has a history of male pattern baldness, and you want to keep your hair, all of it, really thick on the top of your head, I don't recommend testosterone unless you really, really need to transition if you're willing to put your transition above your hair. Okay, so, apart from body hair, there's a lot of other changes your body goes through. First, your breast tissue can atrophy. Might take a while, um, but it makes your breasts a little smaller. Um, but not, it won't make you flat, obviously, but it'll make your breasts a little smaller. It will redistribute your body fat in a more male pattern. Um, so I know that the fat on my stomach comes in a really female way. And it makes me have a really, really thin um, waist. But I have a little tub on my stomach. Uh, so it also goes, this also goes into muscle mass. When I start testosterone, I'm expecting that to be less on my stomach and go more to my sides. It should, and my muscle will be able to grow bigger. I should put on a lot of weight. I should put on weight because I'm very small. Some people lose weight on tea because it's easier to exercise, I guess. Um, but overall, I will put on a lot of muscle weight that I know because it's easier to build muscle. Um, and your fat completely redistributes to be in more male patterns. This is one of the effects that is not completely permanent. When you go off of, if you, if you go off of testosterone, your body fat reverts back to being female-ish, female, you know, patterns. Um, body hair will also get thinner if you go off, but it won't go away completely. Some detransitioners have talked about still having to shave, you know. Um, and it's why trans women have to get, don't have to, but choose to get elect the other electro stuff on their face to uh, get rid of the hair. Um, another change is uh, some... I think it's really awkward to talk about. You grow, you get bottom growth, and when we talk about bottom growth, it's uh, everybody knows females have a clit. Well, in the womb, the the when a male body is formed, the clit. I don't know how to explain it exactly. It sounds really weird. The clit extends, and the labia fuse to become your balls, and the clit becomes the dick, but it grows differently. Anyway, so when you go on testosterone, it causes your clit to glow, grow like it would in the womb, 
except your, you know, your labia don't fuse and stuff, and you don't get balls, obviously, but your clit can grow up to, some people have said they've gotten bottom growth up to, like, four inches, but, like, I think an inch, two inches tends to be the average. Um, it's not my favorite thing to talk about because it's something I'm personally not looking forward to when I transition. And, um, genitalia make me uncomfortable anyway, but the idea, ugh, anyway. So that's another change that happens, and it is permanent. It does not go away. Ugh. So, some other changes. Your metabolism can change. Um, I'm trying to think. A lot of things change the way your hunger. A lot of people get really, really hungry. You're like a teenage boy going through puberty, you know? You want to eat because you're building more muscle. Um, yeah. Um, and some people have described mental changes, but that's all subjective. But I'll talk about those in a second. Okay, so I, I didn't mean to bring up the mental effects just yet. Sorry about that. It'll I'll do it at the end. Not the end of the podcast. Uh, sorry, I'm ADHD. It's hard to keep a, a single train going, I guess. So, some more physical changes. Your libido goes up, your period stops, and you get acne. And all of these are reversible. Reversible. Oh, also, the smell of your body and the smell of your pee, All it all changes, all becomes manlier. Um, and these are all reversible effects. Um, the acne, I know, I have heard, isn't the same as estrogen-dominant acne. It's the cystic acne, it's the painful, irritated acne, and that's what I know on that. Um, one change that I think is very important to talk about that nobody seems to talk about very much is that your blood, red blood cell count goes up and you, your cholesterol and your triglycerides have a chance of going up. And these are why you have to be monitored by a doctor because these things can get too high and make you very ill or worse. Don't self-medicate. Don't do it. Um... And the final change I know of on testosterone is if you're young enough and your epithelial plates haven't fused completely, you have a chance of getting a little taller. Um, but that's only if your epithelial plates haven't fused. Estrogen, I don't know so much about. I know it can make it harder to orgasm. It can lower your sperm count, I think. It can make a lot of things. I mean, I think, I think trans women are at a risk for breast cancer, but I'm not sure about that. It seems like they would be just because, you know, it's making them more fem, more feminine. It, um, on a, on a everything level. I know their skin tends to get softer. I know the hair can get thicker, maybe. 
yeah, I, I think their hair tends to get a little thicker. Um, and I have to be honest, that's all, most of what I know. But I do know they, there are some, oh yes, they grow, they can grow, they can grow breasts, and that can be a process that can take many years, because even cis females take a long time to grow their boobs. Um, but that's one of those irreversible effects. Um, so some, about surgery. Top surgery, I know more about male than female, obviously. Um, female, I guess that's just breast implants. Um, I guess those can be removed if you decide one day to ever detransition, but male top surgery, the point is that you don't grow any boobage back. So generally, unless you go to a doctor that specializes in reductions instead of male chest making, that sounds weird. Anyway, you really aren't going to grow much tissue back if you ever decide to stop. Because what they do is they remove the mammary glands and make you flat, you know. Um, bottom surgery, there's several different ways, and I don't know a whole lot about them. I know a little bit about phalloplasty, just a little to know that it requires a skin graft, for, generally from your arm. And I know it has a lot of steps, and it's really... It's an intricate surgery that takes time. It takes a long time from beginning to having a complete penis. Female bottom surgery is a little less in-depth with it, I guess. It takes... You're not adding something on, you're removing something, which is inherently a little less complicated in surgery. So, yeah. So... The mental effects of both. They're very subjective in nature because everything in your brain and your emotions, those all tend to be very subjective things. I know some of my friends have described on testosterone that when they started testosterone, it was hard, it started becoming harder to cry for a long time. They had harder times getting in touch with their emotions. They were easier to anger, easier to irritation, and that's what I know about that. Obviously, I haven't experienced it firsthand. Um, estrogen, I'm not sure how it would affect one mentally, but I do know that they can both, because they're helping your dysphoria, um, they can both improve the quality of your mental health greatly. So, why did I decide to talk about physical transition and why is it important to know all of these things um, and to do research outside of what I'm saying? Do research off of Tumblr. Do your own research. Don't just use what others say, please. Find out everything you can possibly know before you even go to the doctor. Why? Because you're making great changes to your body, and if you're not prepared, they can come as a really bad shock. They can hurt you, which sounds counterproductive 
but it's true. Some people have started and then had to stop for a time because the changes came so much more drastically than they were expecting, and it overwhelmed them, even though they were dysphoric people. It overwhelmed them, and they had to stop for a time before they continued. They had to lower their dosage, any of that. Another thing is the rise of detransitioning. And I've talked to a few detransitioners, and I've watched a lot of their videos, read some of their blogs, and it's... Some of them... There's a lot of reasons they detransition. Some of them... confused dysphoria for dysmorphia and where they saw that transition is hella glorified and they thought it would solve their issues and it didn't and in some cases it made them worse a lot of cases it made them worse and they became more self-conscious and more feeling as though their body wasn't right because they made permanent changes to it. Some people detransition because they never had the experience of really disliking their female body or male body. Yes, some males do detransition too. And they realize that it's not really how they should be living. And they don't like it. Um, some do detransition to live as androgynous or a quote-unquote third gender, and all of that is their prerogative, but the majority of the people I have seen and talked to said that when they started these changes, some of them went through with the entire transition process, except usually they don't go through with bottom surgery, but Some of them went through with a lot of their transition process before they realized that it wasn't helping. What they thought was dysphoria um, was really dysmorphia, and they kept being pushed into a different place. A different, well, now this is bad, now this is bad, now this is bad. And they figured out that it was never going to stop because that's not what they needed. And it's, it's... Drastic, drastic changes. And you're changing your body permanently. All of this, the rise of detransitioning, the reasons behind people's detransitioning, and I really do recommend you watch detransition videos. They're really interesting. And they're thought-provoking. All of this is why I think therapy is a big must in the transition process because we have sites like Tumblr glorifying transition and hiding the bad effects and hiding the bad emotions behind it and saying things like cis people are awful and having people have these feelings about being cis or GNC that aren't good but they never have dysphoria They never have the thing driving them, pushing them to transition, except the idea that it's bad to be cis or bad to be GNC or 
whatever, you know. So I think therapy is a must in the transition process because the more you just allow anyone to transition, the more detransitioners we're going to have because people really need to work out their issues. I'm going to have therapy before I transition, even though there is informed consent in my city. Why am I going to do that? Because I have issues. I know I have issues surrounding my gender. I have issues surrounding trauma. And a lot of these women said they transitioned because of trauma. And I want to make sure that what I do to my body is the healthiest thing I can possibly do. And I think everyone should do that. And I don't think it's gatekeeping to say that you should go to therapy and that you should have dysphoria before you transition. Number one, individual individual trans people don't have the power to gatekeep. Gatekeeping is in a medical term for not letting someone transition because they're GNC or because they're gay. Individuals don't have the power to gatekeep. I don't have the power to say you cannot transition. I only have the power to say do what's best, what's really, truly best for your body, what's really, truly best for your mind. Go to therapy, talk through it, and make sure it's what you really want to do and make sure you know what's going to happen to your body because they're drastic, drastic, drastic changes and they they are not all reversible. And I don't want somebody to start and feel worse about their body because that's an awful feeling. Feeling your body not being the way it's supposed to be is an awful feeling. It can be an awful feeling. And I'm not saying that dysphoria is hating your body, but it is a disconnect between your sex and your gender, and it's there. And that's why you're transitioning, because of that disconnect. And if you don't have that disconnect and you transition anyway, you're going to get the disconnect because suddenly you're going to have characteristics that aren't of your own sex. I don't know. It, it's, it's a, you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. I don't... I, I don't care if you love your body and love showing it off and decide to transition anyway. That's your prerogative. That's your decision. But stop trying to say that that's how... Stop glorifying it. Stop glorifying it. You're glorifying it in the eyes of 13-year-olds, and they don't fully understand what it does. And they don't understand the importance of really knowing yourself and therapy and all of that beforehand. And it, it's bad. It, it's just all bad. Everything's bad and awful and the world is going to fall apart. Ugh. Anyway, I'm sorry. I got off on a little tangent. I got off on a little rant. Uh, it's an issue I'm very passionate about. And I'm sorry. And I will talk more on it later, of course. All right, thank you guys for listening. Bye.